Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Sam, how's your day today? Wild. How's your day, Brett? It has been good. It's been good. <laughs> I have no internet, um, so we're really thriving in the Bodie house today. But other than that, it's been good. I feel like you guys go without internet more than anybody I know. What is going on in Cumming, Georgia? I do not know. Apparently, our neighborhood only has one provider. Um, we don't like live out in the middle of nowhere, but we only have one provider. And when you only have one provider, you have no choice but to have no internet half the time. So yeah. it's uh, makes for an interesting day, but we're making it work. And it's been... It's been busy, um, <laughs> busy for a Monday, just getting ready for not only the week, but we're also approaching end of quarter. So it's been really busy with clients. And then we go to our annual conference here soon too. So I think we've each spent a lot of time prepping for that. Isn't that crazy? I feel like it was just yesterday that we were preparing for our first IFPG conference and all of the things that went with it and really just launching the business and getting so excited about going there and starting this and and really just knowing nothing and feeling like we knew a whole lot. And that really doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But in another capacity, it seems like, man, was that a lifetime ago. I know. I know it does. It feels like just yesterday and so far away all at once. I think this year will be very different for us because in previous years, it's either been just the two of us or we've been on a big team working for um, a franchise Fastlane or another employer. This year, it's FranPath that's going and we're bringing a couple of consultants with us. Some of our new consultants we've talked about on previous episodes. So it's exciting to actually bring them with us and introduce them to all of the brands and our colleagues. Yeah, I think that's the coolest part is kind of getting to experience first time at a conference again because unlike us, the consultants on our team were not development people. So this is really their first time at a true franchise conference and they're going to get to vet brands and meet people they've never met and kind of experience the franchise family at a much larger level. Um, you know, and at IFPG, we're locked on a boat for three hours with everybody, which is either a dream or a nightmare. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so I haven't had a bad experience yet, but it could feel like a three-hour tour if it doesn't go well. A hundred percent. It will be fun. You know, what I like about IFPG, they do a really nice job of mixing kind of the fun stuff, the cocktail hours, the networking with quite a bit of education. You know, we get speed dating, so we get individual time with brands, their presentations from brands and vendor partners. So it's a good opportunity for us to have further education about franchise funding, franchise law, and learning more about brands that we love working with and new brands that have come to market too. I totally agree. And I think, you know, honestly, 
part of it for me is, you know, I love the people. I love seeing everybody. We were part of Franchise Fastlane for years, and that's where we met. And I am excited to introduce our new consultants to the folks there. And I think that's a really good way to usher in the gentleman that we have today. We have Tom Ryan, who is the Vice President of Development for Blooming Blinds at Franchise Fastlane. And then additionally, we have Kelsey Stewart, who is the CEO of Blooming Blinds. Thank you guys for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Happy to yeah. be here. Very excited to ride Tom's coattails through this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you, as, as you guys are talking about IFPG, um, and being former Fastlane, uh, women of Fastlane, um, I, I had to tell you guys, I just referred one of my best friends to be a consultant at IFPG. He's a neighbor of mine here in the Twin Cities. We go way back, uh, one of my closest friends, and he's going to be there at the conference uh, as one of those first-year attendees. That's How awesome. Cool. How yeah. cool. Yeah. What a so, what a great compliment to IFPG too to send absolutely. your friend and neighbor. So see, it all goes around. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, if Red catches this, like as long as the bar stays full on the boat, I think it'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> the havoc, I think the chaos ensues when the bar goes. Absolutely, hundred percent. They do it right. They the, you walk on that boat immediately. There's appetizers and cocktails, and they've got. Um, even a cigar bar. I mean, they they really try to do it well. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys in person. So we know the two of you, but why don't you share a little bit with our listeners? Kelsey, I'll start with you. Walk us through your background and how you landed in franchising and, and becoming the CEO of Women Blinds. Yep. Thank you for the uh, opportunity. Um, we're a family business. And, and in every sense of the word, as much as you can mean it, my mom started Bloomin' Blinds um, when my brothers and I were in high school and college. It was actually the first version, not called Bloomin' Blinds, but she, it was the business that she started while we were in high school, and and we kind of grew up with it. Um, Bloomin' Blinds itself was established in 2001. Mom got a divorce, moved from Seattle to Dallas, so new company, new opportunities. Um, and we really teamed up with her as something to do. It was none of us we were a very entrepreneurial family, so the college route wasn't fitting, you know, a little too, little too boxed in for us. Um, and so we just started working with mom, and it kind of slowly grew. Um, through the course of 17 years, we figured out that we had something pretty unique and special. And so we franchised it because we didn't want to break up the family for company stores. And um, through the course of time, business started getting busy and complicated, and mom said, that's enough for me because uh, it was getting a little bit bigger than what she wanted. And so she she stepped aside and retired. And then I kind of stepped up as the older brother and the overly ambitious one. Um, the, the, you know, the title of CEO is really for the formal presentation in the business world. The truth is my brothers and I run this business as a triad. Uh, our desks, I'm sitting here at my desk, they're, all three of our desks literally touch at the corners. Um, so it's not... I have a different role. I'm that dreamer, that visionary. I'm the the big picture guy. I have my hands in the marketing and um, the franchise development side. But my brothers, who are much more operationally minded, are the ones who are doing the day in and day out of the operation of the business. But 
I couldn't do their job. They couldn't do mine. And so we're fortunate enough to have all three of us together still shoulder to shoulder after 17 years. So again, I, that, that's a title that I don't put a whole lot of weight into because we run the company as three brothers working to build Bloomin' Blinds. What a special thing to be able to have a family business like that and to know kind of aces in their places, if you will, know your spot, know your strengths, know how you can leverage each other. So Tom, what about you? What Tell us about your background and, and what brought you to where you are at Franchise Fastlane today. Yeah, so ironically, a little bit of a similar background in that I got into the industry with my family. Um, grew up in Minnesota. I've tried to eradicate my accent, so hopefully it's not coming through too strongly. Um, but, uh, you know, was going to school at the University of Minnesota. My dad had been employed, self-employed in the real estate and development industries for a long time. But his last 10 years in corporate, uh, in his career, he went to corporate America, was a divisional president for a big Fortune 500 company in Minneapolis. And when I was a sophomore in college, he got politely asked to exit the company and his seat got filled by a you know younger, cheaper uh, gentleman to uh, fill his role. So my dad and a good friend of his found a franchise company that was based in Australia that was getting ready to expand into the US. And my dad's good friend became a master franchisee, an area developer for a five or six state market um, in the Midwest. And my father bought the rights uh, to be the master franchisee in Colorado, Utah, Montana, and Wyoming. So he was getting on an airplane, flying out to Denver and Salt Lake and Billings, Montana, you know, the olden days, you know, hand delivering uh, uniform franchise offering circulars, you know, in the first face-to-face -face meeting um, and quickly realized that for him to be able to scale that business in those four states, he was either going to have to relocate or he was going to have to hire some people to be based in Denver. So here I am in college in freezing cold Minnesota. I raise my hand and I say, Dad, I think I, I might want to get involved in this. So we said, all right, get some experience. There's a new store uh, that just opened up in Minneapolis. Go apply, work for it. I ended up managing that store for two years for the franchisees, employed a bunch of my pals, kind of learned the industry. It was printer refilling. Okay. That's how long ago this was back in 03. Got some experience. And then after college in January of 2005, my sister and I, one of my sisters and I, uh, you know, packed up our Honda Civic and our Toyota Tercel or whatever the heck we were driving back then, drove to Denver and went to work for dad and spent the next five years traveling Colorado, Utah, Montana, and Wyoming, meeting with prospective owners, helping them find real estate, you know, providing the first level of training, you know, here I am a 23, 24 year old kid, um, just learning the industry. So ultimately that then propelled my career into really focusing on national and international franchise development with different companies. I spent six years with in-home senior care, um, about uh, two years in a childcare and education uh, brand, and then four years with the world's largest hair salon franchise company. And then I COVID hit and I kind of had my COVID midlife crisis and left the industry and took some time off to be with my wife and three kids and worked in the, the residential real estate development industry with an uncle of mine and very quickly learned that the grass was not greener. All of my pals, you two included, are just having you know banner years during COVID, especially in the home services space. 
And so I started planning my return and it led me to franchise fast lane. And ultimately it, it led me to Kelsey. One of the stories I like to tell quickly is I actually, uh, you know, was, was talking with Carrie, was working with fast lane. I was getting recruited at a couple of other places and she, I kind of started talking with fast lane late in the game and she had presented a brand to me. It didn't really get me very excited and then she said, you know what, hold on a second. I think I've got a brand that would be perfect for you. So she connected me with Kelsey before I even accepted the role with Franchise Fastline. And I spent about an hour with Kelsey. I was on a family trip out to California, spent about an hour in my car outside of a Starbucks chatting with Kelsey. And uh, and I, and I uh, accepted the job the next day. So uh, I've only been here since March with Franchise Fastlane with Bloom and Blinds and I, let me tell you, I couldn't be happier to be back in the industry. I love that. I think it's so interesting how roads lead to franchising and you don't ever think you're going to end up there. And then, you know, as you kind of progress through your career, like you said, sometimes you wonder, is there something else out there? But it is kind of like the mafia. Like once you're in your family, you're going to come back. <laughs> it's always going to be there. And so I, I love that. For you guys, you know, Tom, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about what is Blooming Blinds on the chance that somebody hasn't heard of it. Can you just explain the service offering? So, you know, uh, Blooming Blinds is a very straightforward business model. It is a mobile, full service, full product catalog, window covering company. Um, there's other players in the space. We don't shy away from talking about it. Many people know the you know, the subway of our industry, which is a company called Budget Blinds. They really, I wouldn't say invented the space because certainly, as you'll find in a little bit of background with the Bloom and Blinds team, they've been operating since the 90s as well. But um, it's really an industry that has had very little, um, you know, professional uh, competition throughout the country. And so, uh, you know, what we do is we, we're, we're a fully mobile service. We operate out of vans. Many of our franchisees then operate out of their home office, use their third stall of their garage as kind of their shipment receiving area, where ultimately they will then load up the product into the vans to go out to people's homes. But we're very proud to be able to say that we are the only full service, full product catalog window covering company out there because all of our competition sells window coverings. Some of our competition installs window coverings, but no other company on a national scale also will come in and service or repair window coverings, even those that we didn't sell. So our strategy has always been to be the one-stop provider. We've got a saying that we don't care what you buy. We just care that you buy it from us. And that includes coming in and doing an $80 repair if that product can be repaired. So we're, we're big on building trust, doing things the right way, um, you know, not always chasing the, the highest margin or the highest ticket item. Uh, we're happy to install vinyl blinds in somebody's basement bedroom that's seldomly used. We wanna help people find the right solution for them. And so when I say full product catalog, much of our competition will only use one supplier. And it's our belief that, you know, the dirty secret in this industry is all window covering companies sell the same product. There's four, five, six manufacturers that Home Depot buys them from, that Bloom and Blinds buys them from, and the Budget Blinds buys them from. And so our strategy is that we want to make sure we've got partnerships with all of them. And we want to come into people's homes and be very consultative minded 
to help them find a solution that fits their need within their budget that will leave a very lasting impression on those customers. The customer focus, I mean, that's a huge differentiator and blinds can be pricey. And so being able to offer them opportunities in their home for repairs and products at different price ranges, plus having great customer service and having that consultative approach certainly can set you apart. Kelsey, I have to ask, why blinds? Certainly, I understand that your mom started a blind business, but you guys decided to continue that legacy. So tell us a little bit, what made you decide blinds was the route that you're going to continue to go? Yeah, that that's a common question, whether it be for us when we were in the field or for franchise owners. Homeowners want to know, how the hell did you get here? <laughs> yeah. Right? And and I, that's realistic. Um, there's a handful of things. Every every building needs a window covering, right? Take a look around, drive for five minutes, try and find a building that doesn't have the windows covered up for lighting or light control, sun control, heat control, privacy, whatever it is. I mean, our customer base is infinite. Um, from a personal standpoint, it's an interesting field. There, it, it your learning curve is relatively short. We work with the same products over and over. And and so 70% of the stuff you're going to learn in the course of your journey, you learn within four to six months. It, But it's all the little nuances and how to juggle these different manufacturers to solve a consumer's need. That's the part that keeps it interesting. There's enough math in it to keep it challenging because we're measuring and, and moving measurements around. Uh, and if you have a love of people, then you just get to sit there and have conversations all day long where you get to be the problem solver. Uh, there's also a ton of instant gratification. You know, we walk in and a product is broken, we walk out and it's fixed. Or we walk out and the windows are empty and when we walk in. And then when we walk out, then they're filled. So it's just one of these industries or one of these products, services that it's, it's really hard to, for it to go stale. And when I don't have inventory, I have a low employee count, the margins are great, um, and there's a lack of sophisticated competition. And the widget's interesting. Like, it's just held our attention. I, I've been here for 20 years, and it still holds my attention. And I, we just never had a reason to leave. I think that speaks volumes to you just loving what you do. And I think the instant gratification portion of that is not something I've necessarily thought through and what that would mean. We have a lot of clients that want to make a difference. And sometimes they think that's going to be through senior care or tutoring children. And they start to look at the very slim margins and some of those things. And they're like, well, and we didn't want to start a charity for that. So it can be a little bit interesting, but I think there is gratification in the beautification of things and helping people. I do really love that you focus on that. I don't know that I had really ever thought of that as far as blinds went. So Tom, I have a question for you. Obviously, we said Brittany and I had worked at Franchise Fastlane previously, we do have a lot of clients that listen to this podcast. If you could just walk through what your role is, we know you don't work directly for Blooming Blinds, but what is your role with Blooming Blinds and really what is Franchise Fastlane's role? Absolutely. And, and before I answer that, it's funny that you just mentioned, you know, sometimes our clients think that they need to make an impact or put their stamp 
you know, in their community or in the world by the, the segment that they operate in, right? Take me, for example. I spent six years in a senior care concept. And at the time I was working in that business, my mother was the primary care provider for my grandma. It hit home, right? It very much, it, it touched me. I was seeing my family go through that at that time. And I thought that's where I needed to live to be able to make that difference. And it kept me there for six years, which is an eternity in franchise development, right? Um, and then I moved on to childcare and tutoring services for two years. I was raising my three kids, right? I was seeing the challenges that people, that people dealt with and the lack of great available resources to give mom and dad a break when they got something they got to do. So it's funny, I, I started my career kind of thinking through that lens as well. And I still do. I'm not going to sell my soul regardless of how great of a opportunity there might be. I'm not going to be your guy that's going to franchise McDoobies or, you know, some other service or product that I don't feel great about. Right. All of which leads me to franchise Fastlane. Right. And what what really drew my attention was the fact that they at the time, I think, had about 17 brands largely, if not exclusively operating in the home service space, which the two of you or the three of you know very well has been the hottest market segment um, for many, many years, frankly, even pre-COVID. But Franchise Fastlane is a FSO. It's a franchise sales organization. And I mentioned that I had taken a year off um, after my last gig at the hair salon franchise company. And it was interesting because when I started planning my return, I thought to myself, man, I've been foolish. I should have made these phone calls six, eight months ago because I had this preconceived notion that franchise companies were struggling in a way that the hair salon company I was with did when they went through COVID. And au contraire, mon frere, they weren't, right? Everyone was doing all kinds of deals and new investors were coming to the table. And so when I kind of dug around, um, you know, Franchise Fastlane very quickly uh, became the, the company that I wanted to be associated with. So prior to me um, joining uh, Fastlane, you know, they were relatively new back when I was running around to consultant conferences and, you know, getting my personal name out there with the brands that I covered. And, you know, you, you go to a conference and they do awards for franchisors that have, you know, done the most deals or made the most placements or generated the, you know, made the biggest difference in people's lives. And I got pretty fat and happy of being up on those stages. And towards the end of my tenure, I started noticing this Carrie Gilly. I started noticing Bobby Brennan, some of these people with this franchise fast lane and seeing Ryan Zink around. And I didn't know who the heck these people were. But very quickly, they 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 made their stamp and, and started getting on these stages, you know, representing brands that I'd never heard of. So my whole perspective on that had shifted. And when I started planning my return, I realized that FSOs, these franchise development companies, if you're somebody like me that is looking to find your next home and you'd like that home to last longer than 18 months or two years or three years, being a part of a franchise sales organization was the way to go. So today, Franchise Fastlane operates, I think we may have just hit 21 brands. We brought on our first food concept, which is a, uh, a mobile uh a donut and coffee shop. We've got one fitness brand that we've worked with. But for the most part, um, what we represent are companies that operate in the home service space, driveways, garages, you know, HVAC, plumbing, window coverings. So 
companies like Bloom and Blinds and founders like Kelsey, Chris, and Kevin have done their own franchise development to get started. Maybe that was their first two years, three years, five years, seven years, and they brought on their first 10, 20, 30, 40 franchisees. And they kind of pause and take a step back and say, okay, we're on to something. But if we're really going to go from 50 to 500 locations, they have to consider what kind of an investment would that be for them to try to figure that out internally as people that don't have Fran Dev experience. So many operators and owners like Kelsey then make the decision, you know what, I'm going to partner with a company that can help fuel my growth. They'll bring us their expertise. They won't take our equity. They'll bring us their expertise for a fee and they'll put a guy like Tom on the brand that knows how to do it. So my job is to learn the nuance, learn the concept, build the relationships. And I've, I haven't had an easier time anywhere I've gone to, to really launch something. And I think largely that's because of the simplicity of the brand with which these guys have built. So technically, I'm a franchise fast lane guy. But um, I don't have six or seven different shirts with this logo, Bloom and Blinds, with other companies that I change between all of my calls. My full-time effort is, is dedicated to helping these guys grow their business and become that blue chip company that we know they can be. It, you really become an extension of the brand. I have clients that will ask me about, you know, Franchise Fastlane's role compared to what Sam and I do. And I'm like, you eat, sleep, and breathe your brand, and you become an extension of the brand. So, Kelsey, I have to ask, who are we looking for? Who should Tom, you know, bring across the finish line to you? Who should Sam and I introduce? Tell us that ideal candidate profile of a franchisee and maybe what their day in the life could look like. Okay. So this, this business model can really span the three traditional business owner approaches. We certainly can do the owner operator. That's how we grew up. We know that model really well, but like most owner operators, you're, you're kind of limited by your bandwidth within a day, but there are some people who just simply want a nice small business. They just, you know, buy themselves a fantastic job and we're okay with that. Um, my favorite out of the three is what we call the GM model. That's where the owner of the franchise is present every day. This is their full-time gig. This is the place where they're they're in it. They may or may not be in a van. That kind of depends on their stage of growth or how much they want to go out in the field. But they are in the business and, and they don't have anything else. There's no other job. Um, and then you have the executive model. Uh, we use executive versus semi-absentee. I think that's misleading. So the executive model is somebody who's a little bit more distance. They hire a GM who's actually going to run the business. And then the GM runs the day-to-day -day operations and the executive manages the GM. So we're, we're comfortable with all three of those. As a general rule of thumb, we, we focus more on the attributes and the personality than prior experience. So it's worth noting that I don't, I don't care if you're handy. I don't care. I really don't care if you've been in the window covering business. I'm honestly preferred because then I don't have to break any bad habits. Um, what I what I need and what I what I am looking for in a franchise owner is someone who appreciates the recipe that's already been laid out for them. Uh, my favorite example of this is to if, if you're baking a product. Uh, we just had our family reunion, our big national conference, and I got up there and I had this. Uh, we were at a we're at the Star, which is the Dallas Cowboys world headquarters. 
and I had the chef make two kinds of cookies. One of them was the perfect chocolate chip cookie. I got to give it to them. They did a great job. Uh, the other cookie was the exact same recipe, but salt instead of sugar. And so the moral of the story is only one of these ingredients is off. The baking time was the same. The mixing time was the same. The flour was the same. You can have all the other things right, but if you mess up one critical piece of that recipe, you can get a very different result. And, and, and so we brought that out in like my intro conversation with the franchise owners, talking about the value of the recipe. Because we've done this personally for 20 years, we have gotten very good at articulating how to run a Bloom Blinds with the optimum efficiency. Uh, and, and, and that is not only in marketing, but in staffing or day-to-day -day operations, day-in-the-life kind of stuff. There is, there is a recipe that we present for all of it. Everything in our business has a recipe. So I'm really, we're searching for people who appreciate that recipe and look at it as a point of strength versus some of the more entrepreneurial minded people who look at that as a limiter of what they can do independently. Um, I love entrepreneurs. I'm an entrepreneur. I would be the most terrible franchisee in history. And, and, and I know that about myself. So we're looking for people who appreciate established systems uh, versus the ones who always want to try them. The other part is, and this is a phrase that I like to use a lot, is momentary ambition. There's a lot of grit and a lot of work that it takes to run a business. And sometimes when we reach candidates, they're at this heightened sense of ambition. You know, they've, they've gotten the wind behind their sails and they're, they're pushing forward because the momentum's going that way. We like to look at who they were six months ago. What have you done? Where's your achievements? What accomplishments have you made? Because it's an, in, it's an indication of the grit behind the story. And it could be as simple as I ran a marathon because that takes a lot of training to get there. It could be climbing up the corporate ladder because that also takes a lot of work. It could be that, you know, I do all these things. I have three kids and I volunteer at, at the shelter, whatever it is. Like I, we want to be able to see who you were before that momentum got here. And that's a lot of our evaluation because you can't always trust the ambition levels that are presented to you at that heightened moment. Um, and, and that's for their protection as much as ours, honestly. What a great way to think about that, you know, and it is true. Sometimes there's this motivation, whether it's your company is downsizing and you're trying to get out while they're, while you still have a job and maybe collect a paycheck while you start the business, or you just hate every day going in and it's so challenging. And so that can drive people. But yeah, people that have ambition and continue to push, even when things are bad or good, that is a really interesting evaluation point for you guys. I, I might steal that from you. <laughs> so I'll credit the source, certainly. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask for another gift from both of you guys because one thing that we ask on every single podcast is the best advice that both of you had have ever received. So Tom, I'll start with you. If you just want to go with the best advice you've ever received. Oh, geez. Really put me on the spot. You know, one of my, when it comes to helping people identify franchise opportunities, I had the luxury, you know, Kelsey had the luxury of starting with his mother. I had the luxury of starting with my father, incredibly close. He was my hero, you know, my, my best buddy. And he taught me early on 
that sometimes the best deals you'll make are the deals you don't make. And that really rings true to me because, you know, I my upbringing through this industry when I was working for my father as as master franchisees, we we were kind of sub franchisors. Right. So decisions that we made with people that we brought into the system within our market either became the best decisions we ever made or the biggest pains that we ever had to deal with. Right. And so I learned early on that the pain and suffering, not just for me and for our company, but for the franchisees and their families and their businesses, the pain that we would realize if we weren't real careful with going through the matchmaking process and looking at every angle and trying to give every reason not to do the deal and trying to give the prospective buyers every reason to scare them out of doing the deal themselves. If we didn't do that, we would end up making a short-term gain and, and we'd spend all of our time dealing with the troubled childs within our system. So I take that to heart. I, I mean, it's a big part when I vet a brand and I'm trying to think of you know, who I'm going to be a part of. I vet it a lot like franchisees should be vetting that brand as well, right? It's, it's, it's data. It's the smell test. It's the look and feel test. It's the what am I not thinking of conversation. And I tell, I tell everybody it's cheesy, but I tell everybody on my very first call with them, prospective owners that have watched our intro video, and now they're getting on the phone with Tom Ryan for 30 minutes to see what's what. I flat out tell everybody right away that I am going to be the easiest guy to break up with in franchising that you've ever met. And I mean it because there's it, it's too important of a decision. And what I think a lot of people back to that conversation of, hey, I want to make an impact and change the world. A lot of people think about that as, well, I, I need to really vet this industry or I need to do something that's close to my home and to my heart. And in reality, a franchise is a vehicle to help you and your family get to wherever the heck you're trying to get to. And it doesn't really matter if it's window covering or it's drain cleaning. There's a certain element that you need to be able to be passionate about what you're doing. But let me tell you, when you start seeing the look on people's faces, when you've beautified their home, when you've helped them you know, pay for their kids' college, uh, help them break free of corporate America, that gratification is really the gratification that people need to look for. So the best advice I've ever received is the be sometimes the best deals are the deals you don't do. That is so true. <laughs> that is very, very, very true. We have conversations with clients sometimes and it's like, you'll thank us because we always say, Brittany and I tell people half a dozen to a dozen times a week, I don't think this is the right fit for you. I don't think you should look into franchising. You don't love rules. You don't love systems. You think that you have the best idea. Why don't you go be a franchisor? Test that out <laughs> if that's what you think. So I truly, that resonates very deeply with, with us and kind of some of our ethos in our business as well. Kelsey, I would love to turn that to you. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I had the benefit of working through that question while Tom was talking, so I, I think I can launch into it. Um, I I have a whole bunch of them that I live live by, and thinking about it, there's one in particular that I find myself constantly repeating to both franchise owners and my children. Right, I have I have a ten year old and a thirteen year old, both little girls, 
and they get the same preachy dad that franchise owners sometimes get. To me, the simply put, run to the fire, not away from it. Um, your challenges in life, the thing that you're dreading doing, another way to say it is the thing you the thing you're looking forward to doing the least you should be doing first. Um, it's just the idea of being that that personality type that is going to just run at it, run, find your problems and conquer them. And life gets a lot more entertaining and a lot more fun. Um, run away from them and it's still there haunting you. It's still waiting for you to come back to it. And the odds are your path goes through that, whether you like it or not. Um, so again, that, that's the one thing that I find myself coaching with constantly is that run, run to the fire and through it. Don't run away from it. Just go get it. That is absolutely fantastic too. Now, I don't know if I would tell my eight-year-old son that's the difference between boys and girls. I think some of our reason is lost most days. So I don't know that I would be telling him to run into a fire. He might be like, well, you said. So sorry I ruined that. (laughs) But I completely understand that. So, you know, Tom, you already answered this a little bit before, but I would love for you to tell us what is your personal compelling reason for being involved in franchising? Another great question. I knew you'd get me at some point, Sam. You've got me the last two questions. Um, you know, I too have three kids. Um, uh, well, not two. Kelsey has. I have two. I have two girls and one boy. And so, Sam, you're I, absolutely. I have right. Kevin. Yeah, you have Kevin. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Um, you know, that's my why. Um, my why is I. I want my kids to grow up realizing that, you know what, your life is going to be what you make of it. And um, franchising is, I think, the ultimate symbiotic relationship. I love that part of it. Um, You know, my success is going to be dependent upon the success of the brand, and it's going to be dependent upon the success of the business owners that I bring into the brand. And that kind of circles back around to making sure that you're doing the right deals. Um, And so I I think the discipline that it requires to get your butt on the phone and and take that call, even when you're having a bad day and you have a headache and you've been traveling the past two weeks, um, it's it's having that motor to get out there and do it. And so I take a lot of pride and, you know, when, when my, it's funny when people ask my friends uh, or ask when my friends ask my kids, you know, what, what's your dad do? Do you know what your dad does? Or their friends ask them when I was with Supercuts. One time my son said my eight year old son, who was probably then six, said my dad's the guy at the front of the hair salon that hands out bottles of water. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I got a lot of education <laughs> I got to provide to this little whippersnapper about what dad does. But it's it's setting the example of, of of going out there to get it. And you know, I, I think that a lot of our kids are missing that fire today. Um, you know, a lot of the direction that they get in school is not talking about some of the most important stuff and not to get political, but I think that kids need to see that, you know, life is what you make of it. And if I along the way there, I can help a lot of people realize their financial freedom and break free from a job that they've hated and find the gumption to get out there and take a risk. Um, that's pretty darn gratifying. And, and staying in touch with those people 10 years later that call me and say, Tom, 
I'm so darn happy that I talked with you and ended up doing this business. I just celebrated my 10 year anniversary and I just did $2 million in sales for the first time, whatever it might be. Um, that certainly brings a lot of personal gratification as well. There is something so special about staying in contact with people that you've placed and, you know, and they, that they can call you too if they're having a bad day or a bad time because it isn't always unicorns and rainbows. And so that is something that it, it really is special. So, Kelsey, I had to turn it to you. What is your personal compelling reason for being involved in franchising? On a selfish level, I get to listen to myself talk all the time and I have a bunch of people who want to hear what I have to say. If I'm going to be completely honest, I, <laughs> I like being star of the show. Um, if I'm, yeah, I mean, I, it would, it would be too much of a like canned answer if I didn't include that at least a little bit. Um, no, I think my brothers and I share this attribute. We, we have the heart of a teacher. We love sharing information. And to have franchise owners where not only do I have a personal motivation to do it, but then they have, a, a, you know, a very receptive ear to what we're trying to help them build or how to how to go about it. Um, for a family that loves to teach and loves to share info, franchising is a fantastic scenario with us as the franchise or fitting our natural talents and the franchisees as an audience that can really benefit from that. Um, I can resonate with all of the daddy moments that Tom's talking about. My, um, when I take the kids to school, it's a different kind of conversation. Tom's he's smiling. He's heard these stories. We're talking about supply chain. We're talking about leveraging pens over kids to get what you want and collateral to make sure they don't take your pens. Like I get to teach my kids about things that most fifth and eighth graders don't get exposed to. And so that that's all very true. But if I'm, if I'm thinking about what I love the most, it's it's that ability to share impact and and help someone else and knowing that that's going to come back around. Those are my pieces that I love the most about franchising. I think that is a great place to end this podcast. What a fantastic piece of advice, reasons, wise. You know, I think we learned a lot about Blooming Blinds, but I think for the most part, you guys, we learned a lot about who you are and the heart behind that. And something that we tell our clients all the time is you really have to be comfortable with the leadership team and the folks behind the brand because at the end of the day, you've got to trust their decision making. So thank you guys so much for sharing with us today. We really, really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.